Hi, my name is Jason Adriani, and welcome to the Blade in Chats, your skating chat based. In this podcast, we are talking with bladers and bladies from all over the world, united by a single passion, blading. Episode 59, Dave Lang. Yeah, Yo, man, look at that, sunny California. What's up, man? Yeah, beautiful Southern California right now, man. We got some good weather. Look at that, man. Nice to, nice to meet nice to, nice to see you. Nice to meet you, man. Thank you for Good to see you. Being... Very nice to meet you, too, man. I love what you've been doing with all these. Oh, this man. is so rad. Thank you for having me and for that great intro on me, man. No, that was nice. Appreciate no, no, that. No, no. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like, for some reason, I, I, like, I didn't, like, I've missed it for, somehow. And I was watching, like, earlier, this, like, today. And it was, like, pretty impressive. I mean, like, you rip it everywhere, like, from streets from threat rails to mega ramp. And I mean, man, thumbs up. <laughs> There was like uh, some connection problems. Maybe a call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you guys? Can you guys hear me and like um tricky Instagram? There you go. On his way. <laughs> Sorry about that, dude. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no, no, no problem. I mean That's all you that get. That's all me. the time we get. <laughs> Yo, are you kidding me, bro? Yo, can I get an autograph? Look at this. Whoa. Whoa. Can I get an autograph, dude? Please. Please, bro. Just like sign my dick, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. That's my buddy That's Shane, awesome. guys. <laughs> nice oh, my God. Shane. That is so funny, dude. He must have been watching on the inside. That's hilarious. <laughs> So, uh, sorry, so, man, I, so I lost you. No, no, no problem, no problem. How's life? Everything's fine. Everything's everything's been good, man. I uh, I got a new place in November, and uh, that's where I am now. So, like, this is the first time I've been able to, you know, be at home for more than I don't know, like more than a month in in uh, probably like four or five years or something like that. So, oh, really? It's crazy. I, yeah, I do a lot of traveling for the uh, what's it called. Uh, for like all of all of my like production and all that stuff and and this year we we had like all the trips were just like really ramped up the agency that I work for Maven uh they they do like just everything they try to make a trip out of out of everything and their clients are all over the place so yeah this is like it's great just being able to be home like for a little bit and and like get to get to love the new place and and all that stuff True. How's true. every? I heard you said everything's okay in Italy now. Yeah, yeah. Right now, everything like slowing, going back together. Luckily, we are hoping that like there's not going to be uh, uh, another lockdown because if it's so, like we are going to be pretty screwed. So we're crossing the fingers that the numbers are like uh, keeping like low as like they're right now. And um, yeah. but yeah, slowly yeah, I mean, everything. It's, 
now are you in Rome or uh, Milan? Milan. Milan. Okay. So I I studied in Rome and Milan. So I was I was no curious. No way. To, yeah, yeah. I at a Universitia Cattolica and uh, and Cinecetta. <laughs> No so, way, dude! Why yeah. you text me? No, just kidding. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that was like that was back in like uh, like two thousand seven or eight or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. So I did. I did a uh, a really long time, uh, like a semester abroad kind of thing over there. So like Italy is like very dear to my heart. I love that country, man. It's unbelievable. So right now I got a trick question for you. Like, which one is the best one, uh, Rome or Milan? Uh, dude, there it's it's hard to say, dude. I, I'm gonna say Milan on this conversation, but I don't know. They're they're close. No, they're close too because I love I love the uh, the like fashion culture of Milan, but I love the history of Rome yeah, and everything yeah, like no, that. No. But I, uh, it's just like I mean, they're both incredible. I, honestly, my favorite place I've been to is Pompeii, out there. That was that I mean, was incredible. Yeah, true. I mean, like to me, Rome it's the best city we do have here in Italy. Even if sometime like right now. Uh, lately, unfortunately, like the 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 politician who were like running the city led it like um, I mean I, I want to say rotten, but in a way, but like it's kind of fucked up. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Every, every like you can see like trash can like uh, folded of of stuff of garbage. Like the, the streets are pretty like uh, pretty damaged, and I mean it looks like it's slowly dying Rome somehow, and it's so sad to see it. And right now, my my very favorite city in, we we have here in Italy it's Florence. So I don't know if uh-huh. you ever been to, but Florence yeah, yeah. is Firenze, amazing. Of course. F- yeah. Firenze, Firenze, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ciao, tutto yeah. bene. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. That's amazing. And um, and so like you were born and raised in Los Angeles. No, or no, you... I I'm originally from New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, okay, so no New one's York. perfect. So. <laughs> okay. I heard yeah. like it's a kind of a, it's a rough place in New Jersey. Uh, I mean, it depends. It depends. There's rough areas of it, but for the most part, it's 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 just suburbia kind of thing. Like okay. everyone, everyone kind of sees New Jersey as like Newark Airport and like uh, like the the tri-state area, like the New York metropolitan area is what everyone thinks of. But mostly, it's like it's like literally like this, just like trees, like minus the palm oh, trees. Wow. Like it's it's. I grew up in a place called uh, uh, Long Hill. It's like a really really tiny uh tiny tiny city there's so many little cities in new jersey and uh what's it called like you can talk to a person who's lived in new jersey their whole life and be like well i'm from this place and they're like i've never heard of that place so it's like no way it's uh, amazing but i I grew up in a place called the uh, great swamp wildlife refuge so it's like literally just like swamp lands and and uh like i don't know they we had something called a raptor trust where they had endangered like birds and all that stuff so that was like wow my new jersey but like our my neighbors were like super far away like there weren't like many kids to skate with uh in my town i had i had my one buddy nile who was a who was a skateboarder and he would like we would skate our like practice rails over to each other's house like like a mile away or something like that and Man. so yeah it was sick and did you get any chance to skate with john bolino when he was like uh young and like uh growing up skating oh yeah in, uh, in new jersey yeah. We had like, I mean, there was like, like the, uh, the guys who were like the Shredweiser crew, they, they mm-hmm. were out there doing Narmobile for like the longest time. Uh, and New Jersey always had like a really strong scene. We had like, we had like two main skate when it was like at its like peak, we had like two main skate shops, unreal skate shop and subculture skate shop. Anyone who's from New Jersey. And then we also had a third one actually. 
spoiled brat skate shop. So we had like like our like rival like skate shop like scene or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, and then there was like there was like crews from from different parts of New Jersey, but those Shredweiser guys and like the Philly guys, that was like that was like the the main scene that was like really really happening. Those guys have been ripping Man. for forever dude forever ever and like john too like uh we used to go to uh like mike mike paluzzo this he who lives mm-hmm. with the shredweiser guys i'm sure you know uh he yeah. uh he used to have a a big birthday party and it was like it was like mikey paluzzo or something like that <laughs> and he would we would it was like every person in the tri-state area would go to this like session that was just happening for his birthday dude and it was that's when you got to like really see everyone because i didn't i didn't grow up like like with any rollerbladers in my town or anything like that so like seeing like crews or whatever was like whenever you went and heard about like a session that was like going on at like a skate park nearby something like that so man that's just yeah. cool. and like why did you move out to to california for work or like for working at the woodward or like for making videos Exactly. I, I, I went to Woodward uh, like the summer after I, I got out of school in New York City. I went to film school out there. Okay. And um, I went out there and like taught. Uh, I was just supposed to be like an OSI, like an open skate instructor. Uh, and then uh, what's it called? The like serendipitously, this like video guy who was teaching like just dropped out at and like left one week. And then so uh, Richie Velasquez legendary rollerblader but it was also like he's just woodward when i think of woodward i just think of the velasquez family like they're they are like the woodward family besides the reams obviously who, who own it but but anyways richie comes in approaches me he's like hey would you like to you know teach video production with me and and all this stuff and i did it for like a couple of weeks and then uh and i went back home and i was like damn that was like the sickest thing ever and i was bouncing between like people's houses in in brooklyn trying to like because like make some work happen and it just wasn't happening and then i was like i was ready to to go to my other friend's place and i get this call from richie and he's like yo we're starting a a uh what's it called like a like a not homeschool but like a private school at woodward for like aspiring like action sports athletes and then some of which like are now like like really tied into the bmx like some of them do nitro circus they like all evolved into something like really special all those kids one's a big musical artist like it's just like crazy anyways they started that school and they wanted me to teach video like to these guys as like an elective course or whatever for um what's it called uh for uh yeah for all these kids and then that was the reason why i moved out there like richie and and them like literally like saved me from like a a potentially shitty career in film like (laughs) in new york city and and like literally gave me my dream come true because Woodward's been a part of my life forever. And uh, I used to go out in, to East when I was like a little kid. So that was just like the perfect transition. Because like New York, it's like I was talking with, with Abdiel and like he said like New York, it's pretty like yeah, he's uh, right there. Um, competitive. It. Like it's a super competitive city. Even Fabio Ennis told me like living in New York, it's pretty challenging, isn't it? I mean like. You, it's it's really tough. Like the the, the work schedule, I really like. Uh, I wouldn't say like a pain in the ass because I never witnessed. But like from what I've learned and heard, like it's pretty. It's it, it's a tough place to to make a live out there, right? Isn't it? Totally, totally. Yeah. Anyone who who is able to, uh, they say, if you can make it in New York, you can you can make it anywhere, and that's and that's for damn sure because uh, I mean, New York is a really is for sure a really tough place. Uh, to get going. I, I, I struggled with it too, you know? And like, I think that the, like the, 
the dynamic between the two coasts is like, I've always said this to people that like New York, uh, you live to work and out here you try to like work to live in a, okay. in a sense. Like, so, so like I've, I've found like th- things are much more slow paced out here, obviously. Like, but, uh, but I mean, that's just the, the pace that like I kind of grew up in. Cause I moved out here when I was, when I was 21, I'm 31 now. So okay. it's like, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. A decade. Like, yeah. A decade, literally a decade, <laughs> like out in, uh, out in California, man. It's, it's awesome though. I wouldn't trade it for, for anything. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like, re- it is tough to make it in New York, dude, for sure. Like being a student and then like trying to work and like do all that kind of stuff. That's just like, that was tough. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the same thing that happened that uh, Fabio Ernest told me the other day. Like he was living in New Jersey because he oh, couldn't really? afford like, uh, a place in New York, of course. And uh, he told me like he tried to, to, to look up for some jobs like as an assistant in the studios and all that. But like at, at some point he was like, he was unfortunately he was able to, to afford it because like, uh, uh, like too much stress, like he was hard for him to handle all the situation of the cost of living and all that. So he went yeah. back to Brazil because of that. And, and also because of the weather. Like he told me, like, even Abdil said, so like the winter. Yeah, that, like I mean, that's a, a tough, that's <laughs> a tough part too, dude. That winter is brutal. Like, dude, it's, I mean, but the thing is, is that like, there, there's such a magic about New York City that like that whole entire winter situation just like is alleviated with like the spring and the summer and all that shit. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's fucking, I mean, New, anyone who's from New York that's in here, Abdiel, I'm sure can, can uh, vouch for that, that like summer and spring in, in New York city and the fall too is, is the best. So it's just like, you just got to live through that winter just to have like the best summer in the whole entire world. Like kind just of hold thing. it a little bit. And then yeah, you're oh, just man, like, you you're just really like, you're there for like, like I got like three more months of this shit and then I'm going to have the best time ever. Like, I, I mean, like that's a, <laughs> exactly and like production wise like uh because milan is more about like commercial fashion and uh and like small production like small mm-hmm. cinematic production and rome it's more cinema is it the same way between new york and los angeles like new york is more commercial and la is more cin- cinema a hundred percent and the funny thing is is like right when i'm out of new york city i get hired by a by an agency that's based in new york city like kind of thing so that's why i've been like that's why i travel so much and but yeah it's it's like the same kind of thing like out here is like it's like cinema and fashion and like kind of like bloggery kind of stuff and then and then over there is like i do like a lot of like um what's it called like uh branded like uh like alcohol like and marijuana companies and all that stuff but it's like what's it called uh like it's just a it's a different dynamic for sure it's like fashion is out is out there and then and then or out here and then uh what's it called all the uh all the like real commercial work is is kind of in new york city at least from what i've found i'm sure there's both but it's just like whatever world and like path you you end up in that's kind of just the the direction you have to take but hopefully what's what's nice is like being an editor like at least i've had like a couple things going on throughout uh throughout the quarantine but um and you're able to work remote but like just waiting to get back on a set and like because that's where the the real fun is you know what i mean but, yeah true true but just waiting to do you, that again <laughs> and you're you have work and you're still working with like a lot of big names i, I saw um kendall jenner i saw um oh fuck, i forgot his name that guy oh my goodness what happened the, the singer oh my goodness why it doesn't came up to me the name 
Oh, um, uh, Justin Bieber. Uh, Justin Bieber and also the guy who did. Oh, fuck you know why? Let me just just check it out right now here on the internet. <laughs> Post Malone. Post Malone. I don't know what happened. Oh, Post Malone. Yeah, yeah. That was that was like I shot him when I like I heard that song White Iverson and then and then like on the radio and then like the next day like like went and shot that guy. It was just by chance. I was through through a friend of mine, Chris, who who's like tied into music or whatever. But uh, but like all the like Kendall Jenner and like the Kardashian stuff was like my my whole career like kind of started super by chance uh, in the sense that like um, I, I had my head injury and then and then I recovered and then I was going to go do a fee show out in France. And I, I it was a, I was actually like the night before it was it was the night before I was supposed to submit my 666 section to Shima. And then we had like just finished like filming it like a day before that. Like all the mega ramp stuff is like post head injury, like trying to get like all the enders and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So I edited that all throughout the night. And then I like, uh, my, my ex at the time, like drove me to the airport. I fell asleep on, and I was living in Palm Springs too. So I was, <laughs> so I was two hours away from LAX. <laughs> I, I missed my flight first flight I've ever missed in my whole entire life. And then I, I was like, shit, like I have to get to, to France. It was like, I had to call Johan, uh, and, and be like, yo man, I, I got another flight, but I'm, I'm going to be late. Like, and all that kind of stuff. And then, so I'm like sitting in the airport and I was like, fuck dude, like maybe this is a sign. I was like, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be skating again. Like, I was like, you missed a flight. Like you just finished, like you're basically your last section and, uh, what's it called? And, um, and now you've missed your flight to go and start skating again and do this whole thing. And then, so I was like, I was like through this dilemma and I get on the plane, it's a full flight. I have two empty seats next to me. I'm like, fuck yes. I'm going to, I'm going to lay down for 12 hours and, and I'm going to, I'm going to be rested. I'm going to be good for a rehearsal when I get there. And then these two girls get on and I was like, oh shit. I was looking around. I was like, there's no way they're not going to sit next to me right now. And they get like sitting closer. I made like a joke, like, ah, I wish I was going to have like these two seats empty. And they were like, ha wish you weren't here too. Like, and I was like, oh shit. I don't know if I said the wrong thing. And, and then we're like sitting on the flight and like we get to talk and I tell him this whole story like about my day and then and about like this like dilemma I'm having in my head. And they're like, well, what are you going to do now? And I was like, oh, I'm thinking about doing doing film and video again, like what I came out to California to do. And they're like, what? We're we're looking for a person to shoot for our website. And I was like, oh, really? What's your website? And they say it's a it's a new blog called Main Addicts. And I was like, what do you guys do? And I was like, what are you doing in France? And they're like, oh, we're going to do the princess's hair in Dubai for her wedding. And I was like, what do you do? And they're yeah. like, we're assistants, <laughs> we're assistants to this woman, Jen Akin, who's a, uh, who's a celebrity hairstylist. And uh, she does like all the Kardashians and like any major celebrity that you've seen in a, in a magazine or anything. She's, she's like been a part of that hair somehow. Super yeah. inspiring people. And then uh, I never expected them to call me back. Like, and then I get back to LA and then like a month later they call me up and they're like, Hey, do you want to do this gig? They're like, we don't really have a budget for you. And I, so I drove out to Los Angeles, I get there and I was, and I'm on set. And then they're like, okay, talent is like stepping in on set. And this out walks Kelly Rowland, like from destiny's child. And I'm like, Dang. I'm like, what, it, where did I just end up? Like, kind of thing. <laughs> so, and I delivered them that video and, and then they loved it. And then they started calling me back. And then Jen's husband, Mike, who like in turn became uh, kind of a um, like my mentor in a sense. Uh, he uh, he started giving me gigs with him, like doing all of his behind the scenes stuff. And he's a he's a extremely talented and successful photographer. 
like they're like a power couple these two and um yeah they they both like put me on and and then just fell into like a bunch of random shit but it always always comes back to skating bro like had it not been for me going and like having this like revelation from skating and then going back to do some skating shit like that would have never been the case like it was just a crazy what's it called <laughs> It's just a crazy like, like path that kind of took path to destiny or some the, how you want to call it. It's, it's amazing, man. Uh, it was and it was right place, right time, hundred percent, and just realizing true. it was like realizing that it's like coincidence meets like preparedness or however that phrase goes. <laughs> so, how did you end up skating uh, weed and for Shima? Uh, how did I end up skating? I just I don't know, dude. I think we just like I just like started dating for him he just he came down oh you know what it was probably damn somebody's car alarm is going off hope that the the car didn't get hold on a second because i i lost you i lost you a little bit dave i'm sorry you got me now some connection problem yeah definitely right now it's perfect good okay cool so shima right uh yeah i i can't really remember dude like i i think they came out to they came out to woodward for um what's it called for like Shima SSM week. Uh, and then I got to skate with those guys for like kind of the first time. And, and I had also visited Oakland where everybody was living uh, for like the longest time and did all that. And uh, what's it called? Yeah. I think Shima just like contacted me and asked me like, yo, you want some skates like kind of thing. And, and that was it. And, and me and him had had quite an adventure too, dude. Like we've had me and that dude have been all over the world with each other. Yeah. Because you also guys, you guys have done like this show like in Europe, right? It was like kind of a flick flack thing. How was it called? Like the yeah, that's exactly what name. it's called, flick flack. Oh, exactly. Okay, okay. To- Tomek actually, uh, I don't know how to say Tomek's last name, uh, but he's <laughs> he's like an amazing skater, dude. Shout out to you. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name, bro. <laughs> I don't want to like butcher it. I want to say it's like Prisbilik or something like that. Uh, Prisbilik, Prisbilik, yeah. Prisbilik, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prisbilik. Okay, okay. Thank God. Like that was really stressful, honestly, but he actually <laughs> skated in the, in the same uh, show. And, um, it was, that was, that happened like right at the end of my, of my like Woodward career. They, they were like closing down the school, like that, like something happened with that. And then like, basically my position was, was removed, but they let me like hang around for like a little while and, and like stay. And then, uh, one day, uh, Pam Velasquez comes in or, and, and she's like, Hey, I just got this email from like these people in Germany and they're like seeking. And then she forwarded it to me. And it like, the subject line was like seeking inline mega ramp skaters. And I was like, <gasps> like, what are you That's talking me. about? <laughs> I was like, that is me. This is perfect. <laughs> but they contacted, uh, they contacted Woodward. And then like about a week later, like I responded to it. And like this, a week later, this guy, uh, Benno Castine, who is, he started flick flack. He's a, he's like a circus legend. Uh, and, and also like a madman. He's like, he's a, he's an inspiration. That guy's done like all the acts, like all the most dangerous things. That's like flick flack's thing. It's like, we are the top level, like most fucked up dangerous circus that there is in the biz. And, uh, and, uh, he came like riding his motorcycle from Las Vegas, uh, and then met me in Tehachapi, California at this like shitty sushi spot. And, uh, and he like, he like literally like was like, was like a little bit late, like, like literally just got off the highway from Vegas on his motorcycle, like walks into the place and then like sits down and he's like, okay, so 
you come out and you do my Megaram show for me. Yeah. Like basically that was like the meeting that we had and anyone who's met Benno just knows that he's like so straight to the point. And that was like how that whole conversation started. And then they flew me out and I watched, um, I watched Haffy in Nitro Circus in Berlin. And then they brought me, uh, they drove, like they brought me out to the, to the circus tent out there um, and showed me the ramp that they were constructing. And then I like helped these guys like build the ramp. So it was going to be, you know, proper for, for us to skate because this thing was also like, you're only on like a, like a 12 foot wide stage. That's the thing I don't think people realize is that ramp, like shout out to anybody who did that show because that ramp is fucked up. Like it's only like maybe yeah. like 12 or 15 feet wide, the landing and the, and the launch oh. is like, it's like straight down, no flat bottom, like right off the end dog. Like if you look at any of those, like the, there's no room for, for error in that flat bottom. Kind of yeah, th so. there was there was something that I wanted to ask you. I mean, like because the Nitro Circus somehow they they like even if they're super crazy or whatever, they look like kind of a safer compared to the one to the flick flag. I mean, the one at the flick flag, they did they look up to me like a little bit like a scarier than than the one at the Nitro Circus. Oh, oh yeah, big time, way scarier. <laughs> well, it's 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 literally like it's the Nitro Circus rolling, but like probably like five or ten degrees steeper. Because because it's in it's you only have so much you're on it like literally like maybe like a hundred foot long stage but it's twelve feet wide so like they have to fit the whole ramp like to be able to like go up and like launch that shit was it was pretty gnarly man like people uh, I'll never forget it dude the first day we uh, we went up onto the top of the ramp <laughs> and then Shiva looks over it like over it down down to the platform and he looks and he like like look back and be like ghost white and he's like Dave. What the fuck did you get me into? <laughs> and, was, and, and but it was it was gnarly from up there. So like we started like from the middle or whatever, like for a little bit onto an airbag. But but like towards the end of the at the end of the thing, that was like that was just our like mother. You know, we loved that that ramp. But man. it was it was gnarly, man. Six days a week, two times Saturdays and Sundays, we were doing shows. For so, how long? For for nine months straight. Damn. Yeah, nine months straight uh, on the road. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. Did you ever, bro. Like, did you ever guys uh, came here in Italy? No, it was only in Germany and Poland. It's right? only, or, yeah, it's only a German show. Like, uh, it's funny show. because my, my neighbor is, is from Kreuzberg in Berlin. And I was telling him that I was in Flick Flack. And he's like, oh my God, I know that. That's like some circus in Germany, right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a popular <laughs> thing, I guess. So yeah, we were like yeah. pseudo celebrities for like a hot second. Like it was, uh, like we it was crazy. Like walking through the through the towns and like our posters would be up. Like Shimo would be like doing a three sixty like on the fucking like just in like the middle of like the Schutzenplatz and all this stuff. So crazy. Great, great. And did you get any chance to like um, because your pro model was supposed to to come out right like before Shima Shima skates yeah. like. Um, uh, actually, I, I should go down to the garage and get it, but I'm afraid I'll I'll lose connection. Maybe I can. Maybe once my my lady gets back from the store, she'll do me a favor and grab me the. It will uh, be great, the skate. Man, Yeah, be yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I don't want to lose the internet connection again. So. <laughs> no, I already no screwed problem. it up once. <laughs> <laughs> and um and like why like it never happened to like be released that because the prospect was pretty cool like i was looking for some some picture and i do really like the, the way it was like designed the the, the gray soul play and all that like were you like did you like um 
uh, help Shima with the design or like all, like in an idea of yours or like was it Shima like telling you, hey, we're going to make it like that? Uh, no, well, no, I, I kind of, uh, what's it called? I, Shima like sent me, he had a template for, for this, for the actual like outline of the skate. And I was just like, yo, send me the template and I'm, and I want to draw like what I want the, the skate to be. So I did like the power strap across, um, what's it called? Kind of like a, like a, cause what, one thing I always hated was like some of the toes would get, would get folded in like on a brand new like skate, like the sole, because it was a cut toe. And, um, so I designed it so that the, the toe would actually like go over a little bit, like, oh, okay. and it would keep its form a little bit better sort of thing. Um, but I always wanted, I, I chose that color scheme cause I always wanted the, uh, I always wanted the Shima ones, dude. And I never Me had the Shima did. ones. Yeah. And, and I, that, that was what I wanted was that, that gray sole with the gray, like with the gray frame and, and they, they would have been really dope. But, uh, man, like, I think a, a lot of people don't don't realize about about that company is like that shimo is in like probably I, i'm probably no one to speak on this like really but that was that was just after like shima had his had his uh heel injury and everything and and he was he was in a in a tough spot i'm sure you know so that the whole reason why it didn't it didn't happen was because you know like that that dude had to worry about him himself and and getting better sure. you know so i i you know i i went off on on a rant because uh, on the internet, like, because I was, I, I still do that sometimes, which I shouldn't do. It's just stupid. But, uh, uh, I was like, I was like, well, you know, like blah, 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 and all this stuff. But, but like in retrospect, thinking back to, you know, what, what was going on in that dude's life and like, and all that stuff, like, dude, of course that, you know, <laughs> of course that no, was going to happen, like kind of thing. So, so, but it was, but like, we're, we're still buddies. We're still best buds and, and all that stuff. Like I still catch up with Shima all the time and, and he's living his best life right now, dude. He's just up there making music and fixing guitars and making custom guitars with the homies. Like, like I'm really happy for him, dude. He's in a good place, bro. Sick. Man, like, I've watched twice the Jump Street podcast with, with Brian. And it's amazing. I mean, like, uh, the way that the, the thing he says and all, I mean, such an, like, uh, super Man, inspirational he's... guy. Yeah, uh, bro. Well, some of those stories, like, like he would start telling them, and because I, I was, I was like Jump Street podcast, and I was living with this dude for like nine months. I was like, tell me all the craziest stuff that it, that's like happened. Like, what's, what's the deal? And I remember him telling that story to me about the uh, about that five forty um, that Dustin Latimer does. Like, Madonna. Yeah, I know. It's like, because I, I, I was talking about it, and I was like. I was like, there's two perfect 540s in that, in that mind game video. I said, it's the one that he does off of like a bank. Like he like jumps into a yeah. bank and then like 540s off. But it's like, it's like, I don't know, his, his safety grab or whatever what? it is. Just is so whipped. Super like, perfect. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then also that, uh, that Dustin Latimer 540, which is undoubtedly like, I said, those are the two best 540s ever done in rollerblading. Like right there. True. So, True. Yeah. Totally agree with you in that. Even yeah. if, like the the one that you did, I've just because I was watching a couple of uh, a couple of your section, you are doing a five forty with remedies on the same spot with Brian Shima did fifty three sixteen brain fear gone, and that five forty was pretty sick, man. Thanks, man. You know, I didn't no. know that. I didn't know that I did that uh, on that same spot because no, uh, <laughs> like I had no idea, and and Dre uh, Dre like told me that he's like. He's like, oh yeah, this is the, like after I had done it. He's like, yeah, like Shima did this, like on this, and I was like, what? And I remember looking back at the, 
at those sections. And I was like, holy shit, I just like <laughs> skated that spot. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, dude, we, we went there and, and, and like had like a, I used to go down to the uh, Razor's house like sometimes. And, uh, and yeah, we filmed, we filmed that like a bunch of those clips uh, in like two days in that in that Man. section that was like my welcome section. to remedies thing yeah that was like my Shit. the first time i like put that, put out skating like onto like the modern internet like sort of thing so <laughs> i was like i want to make sure that people know it's gonna be sick <laughs> who's so, dave lang <laughs> yeah they're gonna know by the end of this like <laughs> and like um, what happened with the, with the nitro games because you like skate so well as well like at the, at the nitro games right mm-hmm Yeah, I, I was really happy with my performance out there, dude. That was the, that was, I just wanted to land everything and I did. And then I, I was, I was like happy about that because that was like our moment to kind of make rollerblading look sick, you know? True, so, true. Did you get second or third? I think second. I got no, third. I got third. third. Oh, okay. Roman got yeah. second, right? Yeah. Roman killed it too. Dude. Okay. So going back to the thing about the, the nitro ramp being a little safer from that flick flack one because of all the flat bottom, like, Roman, uh, I guess, had never, like, skated, like, a, a roll-in like that. So for, like, a little while, he was, like, in the beginning of the day, he was, like, hesitant. But then he he wanted to just, like, test the roll-in. And this dude just, like, rolled down the roll-in and then veered off the side just to test it out before he, like, went off the, off the ramp. But I had never seen anybody just ditch out <laughs> on the ramp before. And, like, he did that a couple of times. And like with such ease. And then he just like went up and started doing like double cork, like 1260s on the, on the thing. Like after like, dude, that kid is super talented. It was, it was so sick skating with, uh, with all those guys up there, man. CJ, that was the first time he had really skated the mega ramp. I think Jeez. that was pretty sick. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, even if I said that, like, it looks uh, safer, but like, I will never ever drop, from like those ramps and the mega ramps and the nitro flip flop whatever fuck that <laughs> dude I, i mean i've done it a lot and and still every every first go you are still like it's still like the first time you've ever ridden the ramp <laughs> no matter if you're like three days or fucking nine months into practicing on that thing you're always just like oh shit why'd i get up here like dude <laughs> And Again? Then, yeah yeah and we were like well i mean in germany like we didn't have any responsibility until like seven o'clock at night so we would like do our show and we'd be on like such an adrenaline kick that we me and shima would go out and party until like four or five in the morning fall asleep and then like all hung over like do our like matinee show like the, and then do like the evening show after that i'm like because the fridays or the saturday and sunday shows there was two a day so you had to do and it was always cold jump there's no there was no warm-up Like, that's why I have super respect for Tomek because he knows that, like, you, the first time that you're getting out to do that show, that's the first time you're dropping in that day. So your tricks have to be, like, dialed. And you're doing, like, all three of your, like, hardest jumps, like, right there. And then you do, like, some, yeah, it was like, I would start off doing, doing a double grab cork nine and then right into a double backflip 180 and then misty backflip to, to end oh it. Oh, my goodness. And those are the, that's the first three jumps you've done that day. So it's like, Those circus guys are crazy, man. They they're like so consistent, and and they would also be out like with us until like forever o'clock in the morning. So you knew that like the next day you had to you had to provide just like they were, man. They were they were always ripping, like. But was, were they like training even mentally, or like uh, they were like yeah, just just like you said, they were like you making parties and like. Uh, yeah, 
like well but they but they were they they've been doing this like their whole lives too like they but they're they're very ritualistic they they had practice sessions that they would do but like to for us to set up the mega ramp was like to even like because we had a airbag to even set up the airbag was like a like kind of an inconvenience because it was it was such a huge project to to put up the ramp so we basically didn't practice like the whole time and just went out every day and just tried to send it you know and then the Mm -hmm. first couple of months we we didn't even have uh like um the first time we went off the ramp the guy benno he goes you're not going high enough it doesn't look good enough and then so they (laughs) added they added a meter onto the onto the end of the launch so we were going (laughs) super high but we were also uh sharing the fmxers landing so we were landing on like like wood with carpet covering it and if you fell it was just like oh i'll send you a clip like after we get off of this like of me falling but you can see like if you don't land perfectly the carpet what's it called uh the carpet like seizes up and then you fall flat to your like that's it like it's like it's like landing on a loose carpet was what we were doing and (laughs) and after after like what had happened uh all it was four of us doing the show um, and all four of us were injured and they had to cancel the mega ramp, uh, section of the show for like a week. And then they're like, okay, we'll spend like all these euros or whatever. They spent like 30,000 euros to build us a new, a new landing that had, uh, what's it called? It was like resi and, uh, and foam covering it. So it was a little bit safer, but it was also a step up. So we were launching high, but we were landing like soft. Cause when we would land mm-hmm. on that FMX thing, it was just like the arc was like this. Boom! Like, but when Man. we were doing this, it was like more like, like launch up and then like roll away mm-hmm. like safely kind of thing. But oh yeah, because like you, the foot, the footage that I've seen, it's like a kind of a step up thing, right? Exactly. That's the only way that anybody should be building mega ramps is like that because the the <laughs> impact coming down from from that kind of height, dude, was just like brutal, brutal, brutal. They were like, oh, they were like, oh, you can't land on the wood like the FMXers, and we're like not like this and then they're like oh here's our solution they like literally put like fucking carpet down on it and we're like okay so i guess i guess we land on carpet now and then they had an idea to like have us land on like resi and then so they bought resi but it was like too soft so then we were like landing on like soft rubber which would just like eat like and you just like hit you'd land fakey and then just like fly backwards so it was, it was just nuts dude. It was, that was it was crazy the first three months of that show were nuts can't believe we survived. Man, I, I, I can't believe I got through I that without a head injury, and then I get out and like doing a nine hundred on a launch box, like almost die, like kind of thing. Crazy. Yeah. And it happened at the at the in Woodward, right? The 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 injury, right? Wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. At at AIL, and I I should have been wearing a helmet, which was stupid. Um, but uh. I was, I was in like such a mode where like, like me and Haffy always like, Haffy was there and I was like, I was like, Oh, this is, I'm going to like, I'm going to like, I just got back from like flick flack or whatever. I was on this like rip where I was just like skating super hard, like, like not taking a break, like how we were doing at the circus kind of thing. Like, cause there, like, that was the only thing I knew at the time. I just wanted to skate like super hard. And then I was like, I was like, damn, I want to make it my goal to at least one time, like in a contest beat Haffy. And I hit my head during the practice and then, uh, got checked out by the medics and they said I was good and I skated through it and I won the contest. Yeah. You won the contest, right? Yeah. I won the contest. And then, uh, like later on, I remember Miguel and Haffy coming into, into my room and I was like asleep and they were checking on me and they said I was like all woozy and stuff. And I slept through the night, like kind of thing, which I could have like died in my sleep. 
with how bad my oh. uh, brain was bleeding. And I was also in that hotel room for like probably a whole entire day, like just like puking and like falling asleep and puking and waking up. And then, and then like at one point in time, I was like, I think I got to just call the ambulance. It was nighttime. And, uh, and the fact that like, and they, they like told me like, basically like when I got to the hospital, like you're fucked up, like call your loved ones okay. sort of thing. And it was, it was pretty intense, but thank God, uh, thank God that it happened the way it did. You know, it was, and, and like, I always tell people like that injury was not like something I would wish upon anyone because it was absolutely fucking terrible. And anyone who's had like a traumatic brain injury will tell you that. But like for the person that I was like becoming and the person that like I didn't want to turn into like that, like kind of intervention needed to needed to happen so that I could like have, you know, like a little time to, to think about, you know, what, what am I going to do? Like from here on out? Cause because now that I look back at it, I didn't like really like the person that I was like on the inside, like sort of thing. I was just like kind of ungrateful and we were just like living like rock stars for like a fucking year. And I got back and I was like on such a high out there and I went like super low and I was like angry all the time and all this shit. And it was just like not a, uh, it wasn't a good look. So like that, like intervention, like kind of like was like a little bit of a wake up call. Like, yo, you like, it sounds like very cliche, but like be fucking appreciative of all the shit that you've been doing because there's so many opportunities that you you have had and that you've taken advantage of but like maybe didn't see like the importance of it like all the way through so like here's your reality check like get your head straight sort of thing and and then i met those people on that plane dude like just like right when i was going back into skating sort of thing and yeah yeah now i live in los angeles <laughs> it's awesome crazy. Uh Hey, did yeah. you ever get the chance to work with Conor O'Brien? Because he also work in the in, in the cinema industry, isn't he? I haven't, but I did. Um, I did work on Avatar, the Avatar sequels. I did camera for them. At, like I, I got put onto it after we did the Alita movie, and um, and a lot of the operators that would come in because he's a part of the uh, Society of Camera Operators. I believe he's SOC. Um, me and him like chat blading like on uh, on Instagram or whatever. He's he's one of my fucking heroes in blade and shout out connor dude he's sick yeah for some yeah. shit um <laughs> what's it called but uh but all these all these like operators on like avatar they'd be like oh you're a rollerblader like do you know this guy connor o'brien like always <laughs> always like nine times out of ten it would happen like if i yeah. if i if they heard that i was a rollerblader and they're like oh i know a, a camera operator i'd be like is it connor o'brien and they're like yeah <laughs> And what about Alita? Like, how did you get? How did you guys ended up like working for this production movie? None of us knew what we were getting into. Like, we didn't know. Like, that's a weird story for me because I I woke up for some reason super early. I didn't even know about the audition. Um, but I I used to follow this skate park that was nearby. I can't remember what the name of the skate park is anymore. But um, I I looked at the they like posted like a text thing on their Instagram. And it was like Hollywood production seeking roller skaters and rollerbladers for like for movie. And I was like, rollerbladers, like Hollywood production, like haven't seen that shit before in Los Angeles. <laughs> and then like no sooner than I could like put my head back down to go back to sleep. Miguel Ramos texted me. He either texted me or called me. And he was like, "Yo, are you going to go to that skate park to do the movie shit and skate for free? And I was like, I guess if, if he's coming out from Tehachapi to do it, I guess I'll just go meet up with the homies. So I went to go skate. And then uh, we do the whole audition and then uh, that we get a call back. And then, and at the end of the first audition, they were like, Oh yeah. We're like, so what is this for? 
and they're like, oh, it's for a Robert Rodriguez movie. And like, I know like anybody who's like into film, like knows Robert Rodriguez. And I was like, holy shit. Like we actually are on like a Hollywood production right now. <laughs> and, uh, and it was like literally just an open casting call, dude. And I would not have gone had Miguel not, not hit me up. Cause I was about to be like, fuck that. Like I was like <laughs> movie audition. Uh, and, and I would have totally missed out on that opportunity, but it was like another like serendipitous moment where like rollerblading led me into like another thing. And, and because I went on to that and did that, I'm, I became uh, close with the second unit director who he's the reason why I got put onto anything. Shout out Garrett Warren. Uh, it's my fucking hero. Um, he, uh, what's it called? He, he was my like stunt director. And then we like, we would always go out and like have, have drinks and stuff like that. And, uh, what's it called? Our, uh, uh, what's it called? We would, um, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to like, think I was getting distracted over here. <laughs> um, we would, uh, we would go out to drinks. I think my girlfriend was trying to tell me something, but I was like, I was like trying to like tell my story. And I, and I was like, I am having a relationship conflict right now. Uh, so anyways, we've gone and party with him. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I do camera shit. And he's like, oh yeah, I'll think about bringing you onto my personal stuff sometimes. And then like thought it'd be like a low. And then one day he calls me up to, uh, and he goes, and he goes, Hey, do you want to go down to the Bahamas to manage, uh, you know, cameras for, for avatar kind of thing. Damn. And, uh, and then we got to work on it and, and I worked through production, like kind of thing. He like literally put me on sort of thing. Hopefully it's, I don't, I don't think I broke my NDA about that, but <laughs> we'll see. It's all good. It's, it's pretty good to see like how the things like through all bleeding happen like well, to you it's amazing to see that man it looks like like it, it always I, I was telling you before dude it always comes back to rollerblading because had i not been rollerblading on that movie i would have never mentioned to this guy that i do camera work i would have never had the opportunity to be on like a first name basis with like jim cameron dude like what the fuck it's like the craziest thing <laughs> like oh, <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing man like it's just pretty really cool and, like, how was it And how was it like um, how, the, the days for filming for Alita? Like how many days did you guys film it for all of those scenes? We, we had a lot of rehearsals um, at, that, at a couple of different skate parks. It was like, it was a grueling week of like, of I've never skated, like even in all that time, like doing the mega ramp stuff, dude, I, my legs have never been so sore as they were like after all the rehearsals and all that stuff. It was, it was gnarly. We would do like 12 hour days, like, damn like just practicing like throwing a ball around and like working like a like a team like kind of seeing what looks cool on camera what mm -hmm. doesn't and then we went out to texas for like a week and did that and then we we shot for another week uh or like a week and a half or something like that and then we went back for a reshoot after that and uh and actually that uh the, after the reshoots garrett uh was like was like hey you should just come down and watch production And all that stuff and he like invited me down to the set and i just got to like be a fly on the wall and you know see how like everything was was going down and like it was just crazy man being on like a robert rodriguez set like that fucking man like just like to, just being able to like not have to work but just watch like and see how it's, like, he's directing and all this stuff i was just like taking notes like all this <laughs> Fucking sick. True, true, yeah. true, true. And how the like the the guys were or like how they were able to film you guys? Like there were like anybody on rollerblades filming you, or like there was like somebody of you like uh using yeah. like some Harry or whatever. Yeah. So uh, what's it called for the live action portion? Um, what's it called? Corey Miller 
was actually uh, the guy filming us. The first soul grind ever. The first Corey, soul grind ever. Corey Miller was the guy uh, doing the uh, doing the gimbal like movie stuff. So that shot where Frankie goes over the uh, goes over the fountain. That's Corey's angle, dude. He's just he's just out there rolling along with us, dude. That was that was a lot of it. But they had the the whole the whole movie was done on a on a techno crane or not a techno crane, but a uh, what's it called? It was a it was a uh, fucking hell can uh, anyways besides the point it's not it's not gonna make sense in any rollerblading shit anyways uh <laughs> they, they're working on a uh on, but yeah i guess it was a techno crane anyways but it was a 3d rig and they had that mm-hmm. thing like it was always on that damn but it was it was amazing. fucking it was amazing dude just to be able to like i guess like be because every time we went out to do our skating shit like people on the set were like always like so excited like checking it out and we got to be like get close with the with the people in the biz, like it was, it was really cool, man. Because I mean, it was Haffy, Julian Ba, uh, Frankie, Katie Ketchum, Ernesto, Damon Franklin, myself. I think that's it. Damn. And then Coco Sanchez and Coco Sanchez. I knew I forgot somebody. I knew I missed <laughs> somebody. So damn, amazing. Was it the paycheck group? Uh, dude, I can see why people do stunts, man. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the way that we didn't realize that the way stunts work, uh, it's kind of like, um, like you get adjustments. So if you, if you have to do, if you have to do like a trick over again, um, what's it called? You, uh, you get like X amount of money that they decide is like a fair amount for you. So like if, if they screwed up on camera or they, you know, they did something, something like that. They, uh, what's it called? They would just give you extra money. Like, and Damn. <laughs> like for, for that. And they were like, okay, well you can get like 150 bucks extra if you do this again. And we're like, just air on the quarter pipe. Cause he fucked up a shot. Like, okay, let's go. Like kind of thing. <laughs> I can do even uh, 10. No problem. Yeah. I'll do it 50 more times. Whatever. <laughs> however long you guys need, like I'll do it. I'll do it even better for 200. Like, <laughs> And like, what about like future projects? Like, uh, um, are we going to be able to see you shredding with good blades, like in the future, or? Uh, well, I mean, you know, cr- fingers crossed that there's a uh, that there's a uh, what's it called the sequel. I mean, that would be that oh, would be wow, ideal. Be, that would be cool. ideal. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I I would love to get involved in like doing stunts. I'm a part of SAG Oftra as like a stunt performer, but I don't really. Uh, you know, have any, any formal training and like all that stuff. Like there was some stuff that I did as like utility stunts when we did, uh, I did like the majority of like the, the ending scene, like the last Alita thing. That's, that's me skating as like her, her body. So I did like a bunch of those stunts. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. And, uh, even that, uh, what's it called that holding the, uh, the sword shot. That's, that's also like the day that we shot too. So that like whole rolling out shit, it was pretty cool. Um, but uh, I did like some like uh, there. There's like a scene where like these guys are like running up with guns like up the uh, up like the tubes or whatever. And I'm one of those guys that gets like chopped up by the tubes and and all this other shit. So shit. yeah, there's a lot of there was there. We got to do like some fun stuff like get pulled on like winches and like get get fucked up by each other. Like it was pretty cool, dude. Damn, like Hollywood mode, a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally, cool. You literally, and like, the, music, the magic of movies out there. It's, it was shit. really fun. Really, really fun. And like, um, blading wise, from you, like, 
are we going to be able to to see some content of you skating around some bowls or whatever or like uh, some street spots maybe or something like that in the future i mean i would yeah. like to i would like to yeah. i know that uh what's it called a lot of people that you wouldn't expect are like filming right now like i've heard like little little things but i i, I don't know i would love to i've escaped my p rail like a lot in this uh in the quarantine or whatever uh just kind of get my feedback sort of thing but i I also don't want to like do anything crazy because like going to the hospital right now sounds like the worst possible situation to get into because mm. <laughs> like go there with a broken wrist and with like COVID-19 sort of thing. So I'm just like taking it easy until, until, uh, you know, but, but keeping, keeping the legs there, dude, it feels good to just like be out there doing soul grinds and like, like all that stuff, dude. It's, it's, it's great. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So Dave, it's uh, already an hour, man. Um, Whoa, no way. Crazy. It has been it has been like uh, an amazing chat. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Yo, thanks like a... for listening to me gabber on for for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it was amazing. I always wanted like to do one of these with you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your appreciation. And um... dude, thank you for putting these on, man. These these are these are really awesome. I'll be uh, I'll be tuned in, looking forward to to the other ones that you do with everybody else. Yeah, man. I'm waiting for the answer from Chris. And um, of course, finger crossed, we're going to have Chris Happy on, on, on this week. Arlo will be there for like uh, the second part of his dating chat. So, Whoa, we'll sick. Legendary, for, dude. I'll be tuning yeah. into that for sure, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Boss, thank you so much for your time again. I'm looking forward to see you here in Milano. So Yo, you, hopefully you need to once, come back. Once, uh, um, once all this ends, dude, I'm getting out sooner than later. So whenever I am, I'll hit you up for sure. Definitely, definitely. Please, all text right, my me dude. up. Stay safe. All right. Thank you so much, boss. Take care, bro. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Blading Chats.